0: Welcome to Reading the Bible Together Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith.
1: As I think about what I want when someone comes into our home is to feel like they can uh, say and be what they are and want mm-hmm. and that they're made to be feel, feel comfortable. And sometimes I feel like maybe the reason I ask questions is I want people to feel free to say what's really down in there mm-hmm. and that maybe that's not normally the kind of thing that would be volunteered.
0: This week, we're talking about the spiritual discipline of hospitality. And often, I think in American culture, when we talk about hospitality, we often think about... Getting out your pretty china, getting out teacups, getting out tablecloths, and making things be fancy. And that's a lot of times what we associate hospitality with. But what we're going to be talking about today is a biblical hospitality. How do we see hospitality in the Bible? We're going to be talking about how Jesus offered hospitality, but then we also see it in the Old Testament too. It was part of Jewish custom, and some might even say Jewish law, to offer hospitality. This is an important conversation to me. Hospitality is something that I grew up with. My mom was in line with, uh, the, with the fancy dishes, light the candles, have people over for a Tupperware party or a bridge club. And so I loved, I love offering hospitality and having people over. But what I've really appreciated is that over the years, as I've walked with Christ, I've learned that there's another kind of hospitality to be able to offer. Sometimes that means inviting people to our home and sometimes it's just making space for them. My husband and I are part of a missional community at our church and we've been talking about serving others and coming alongside others and how can we do that together? and getting to know each other in the process. And as we've been having these conversations, I've been thinking about, goodness, this really sounds like radical biblical hospitality to me. And so I am so excited that I was able to convince and conjole <laughs> some of my missional community group members to come in and to sit down and have a conversation with me about radical hospitality. I am, you're gonna hear from my husband. I'm. You've heard me talk about him probably, but he is joining us today. His name is Todd. And what I appreciate about what Todd does is that he is married. He is an introvert married to an extrovert who likes to entertain and be hospitable. And he has, this is an area that I've really seen him grow. And I love that the way that he just welcomes people into our home and makes space for them. And I'm so grateful that he's here. We also have Steve and Lisa Odemark. Steve is a philosophy professor. And so he's always asking the deeper question. He's always going to the root of something, which in honesty, it sometimes makes me uncomfortable as a person that likes to run away from pain and make my feelings sometimes. But I always appreciate that he's going to the root of the matter and doing it in such a way that he also creates safe space for people to be able to share vulnerably. And Lisa Odemark is someone who is so disarming in who she is. She's such a great listener, and I've always appreciated spending time with her. We also have John and Amy Otaviani. John is someone who wants to go deeper. Staying at the surface is not uh, satisfying for him, is what I've kind of been learning, and he likes to go deeper. And so he's going to ask the deeper question. He's going to try to take the conversation a little bit deeper and And often will share himself to start things off. And then Amy is a a very dear friend. And the thing that made me think of her, the memory that I had, is that she is a Spanish speaker. And we had a group from Guadalajara come up and partner with our church. And there were two young women at this event we were at. And they seemed very nervous. And Amy leaned over and just started speaking Spanish with them. And they seemed to go at at ease. And I, I just feel like that kind of depicts who Amy is, that she sees people She'll come alongside them, she'll welcome them, make them feel welcome. And so I am so grateful to have each one of you here. This will be the one time that I'll have all of you talk at the same time. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having us. Hello. Yeah. Thank you. Great to be with you.
0: So good. I'm asking all of my guests, and there are so many of you, uh, so we'll just answer this briefly. Todd, we'll start with you. What or what has been your experience with Lent?
2: Well, I grew up in a Christian family, um, so I knew about it, but it wasn't something that we practiced We didn't have a lot of traditions growing up because we lived in a different area than the rest of the family. So we were kind of making our own way. So my experience with Lent is I knew it existed, but I've never really done it.
0: How about you, Steve?
2: I grew up in a not Christian family, so we didn't really didn't celebrate
1: Lent. And also through college was involved in a campus ministry, and that was really my church life. And we didn't celebrate Lent there. Didn't celebrate Lent until I think coming to our church here in Minnesota Mm -hmm. and See it sort of as an opportunity to think about associating ourselves with the suffering of Jesus, and, yeah, appreciate sort of another look at using having Lent as being a time set aside to do something special.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: How about you, Lisa?
3: Yeah, I grew up with a church going family, and yeah, it was more just point in time type thing, not really mm-hmm. something to enter into.
4: Amy. Yeah, I, similarly to Todd, grew up knowing about Lent, grew up in a Christian home, but didn't really practice it at all until, I don't know, maybe the last 15, 20 years or so. Mm -hmm.
0: And John, how about you?
5: I sound like the Lent expert then in the group. (laughs) I I grew up in a very traditional church denomination that Lent was a a really clear part of the the church calendar. So there was a lot of ritual and a lot of kind of practices wired into my church experience growing up. Uh, I guess since, I guess, coming into faith more as an adult and, and owning it myself, it's become less formal and structured, but still an important time of the the year for us.
0: Yeah. My background is, I grew up in a Lutheran background, and so it was something, there was going to be a Wednesday night service and a soup, soup and salad supper afterwards. And, you know, you would give something up, but not what I have known to, for it to become now that we've been talking about taking the time to enter into Christ's suffering. And one thing we've been talking about at Faith, here at Faith Radio is that sometimes it's easy to want to go from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday and to skip over all of the suffering. And But when you take time to enter into the suffering, the celebration of what Christ did becomes much more to celebrate. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so today we're talking about hospitality and it, you heard me say at the beginning, you know, what, what has hospitality meant to you, you know, either um, like the American culture hospitality or, the you know, like this biblical kind of hospitality?
1: I guess I can just say how I think about hospitality in our house and sort of uh, interesting how you introduced us that says that's a, a disarming one. Who creates a great environment, and then I go and I swoop in and try to ask a, a question that's uncomfortable. I guess I, I think. No, of, you just
0: make me uncomfortable. Uh, I don't know that you make other people uncomfortable. Your questions are so good and so deep that sometimes it's like. I, I guess they're good though.
1: As I think about what I want when someone comes into our home, is to feel like they can uh, say and be what they are and want, mm-hmm. and that they're made to be feel, feel comfortable. And sometimes I feel like maybe the reason I ask questions is I want people to. Be made to feel free to say what's really down in there, mm-hmm. and that maybe that's not normally the kind of thing that would be volunteered. Right. So I maybe will ask some questions that I guess I really want to know. I I think of this person who's in our home. Uh, I want to know you, and I want you to like say stuff that that I think matters. So I'm I'll ask those kinds of things. So I guess that's not something I would have ordinarily thought of with hospitality. I think of it as giving them food and space and warmth and mm-hmm. making them feel comfortable and like that they belong in our home and that we're happy they're there. Yeah, that's that's basically the bottom
0: line. Lisa, do you have anything to add to that?
3: Yeah, I think just the idea of somebody being seen and accepted as they are. I think of our oldest daughter. She will often invite her hurting friends over. They're like... Can I, you know, somebody just a breakup or just going through a hard time and she sort of sees our house as a place of therapy Mm. to bring her friends to. And I don't know really what it is, but, you know, maybe just being in a healthy environment is,
4: Mm.
3: is healing. Mm
0: -hmm. That's so good.
5: Well, I was just going to jump in and say, you know, you know, Steve, I feel like you uh, already you've reached the heart of it. You know, it's like the the house and the warmth and the food and the setting is the setting. (laughs) And it's then what happens as you invite the other to be who they are and be cared for as they are and drawn out and maybe encouraged in some way. Like that's the heart of it which I think is what we see in the gospel. And I do some communications training at work now, and I was in outreach ministry for a couple of decades before my, my current role, and working with outreach, like loving Jesus' heart for folks who are outside of the faith. It's like you, the God's kingdom is open, and it's open for you. Can you see yourself in it? Because Jesus is saying, I see you in it, and I invite you into it. And, and it's like, wh- what can we do to have that be the posture and the invitation and the welcome, whether it's hospitality in a church setting where we we have our structures and our buildings and our processes. But what about that person feeling like, yes, you are in this picture, you belong in this picture, in the same way whether it's our house or our workplace or whatever. But back to my communications training at work, we talk about people having two primary approaches to communication, push or pull, the idea that you're assertive or you're responsive. And folks know what maybe their tendency is, and and whatever your tendency is, try to adopt some traits of the other approach. So if you're assertive and you push, make room for others and, and pull. And if you're one who tends to be more responsive or quieter that pulls, learn how to assert. And that's a, it's a dance, right? And, and it's, it's really difficult to do that perfectly. But so much of it is what you already touched on, Steve and Lisa, about make space for the other. Who are you? I want you to be you. And I want to know you. And I want to celebrate that and enter into that with you.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important to make space, to make space for, for people to be who they are, like you said, Lisa.
4: Yeah, I have the privilege of working with lots of immigrant families at my um, at my work. And that is like our first and primary goal always to just make them feel like they belong, like they're welcome. Um, we have, you know, all these different languages on the wall. So it's just like that's part of the setting there. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just like learning about their traditions, learning about their culture, their customs, their background, all of that. You can just see them become more comfortable as they're being able to share themselves. So that's a big thing for me is just making people feel like they belong, like they're part of the group, no matter what. Is there anything that you'd like to add, Todd?
2: Uh, I don't know how to follow up on what everyone else has said. (laughs) I I do want to thank you for recognizing growth in me um, (laughs) in your introduction. It's uh, My parents were hospitable and welcomed Many people into our house, but it's something that, as as you mentioned, I'm an introvert. I kind of feel like our home is our space or my space, and so it feels a little awkward sometimes inviting people in. But I do, um, I try to follow your lead and make people feel welcome. Actually, one of our other friends. Um, paid me a really high compliment once when he came over to our house, and I just kind of showed him, well, here's, here's how you get water out of the fridge, and here's where we keep this beverage, and here's where we keep this food, and just help yourself. And he said, wow, you're a great host.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> setting me
2: free to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I think, I guess, in the high school group that I volunteer with, where I try to make sure that everybody feels welcome, and everybody's seen and everybody's welcomed and um, invited in to participate, participate in whatever way they feel comfortable participating.
0: That's so good. I think it's so important for people to see, well, and especially as a high schooler, but you know what? I think sometimes we can feel like high schoolers in any kind of group situation (laughs) where we just want to be seen and heard. And, and, and that's what I see when I think of biblical hospitality. That's what I think of, you know, when we see Jesus at the, with a woman at the well entering into conversation with her, with, with someone who's a woman, who's a Samaritan, who's who's on the outside, like you're talking about John, someone who's on the outside, but Jesus saying, you know, no, you know, come in, I can give you everlasting life. You'll know, you'll, no, you'll never thirst again. And the way that he goes into the homes of people who other people wouldn't have gone in there because, you know, the Pharisees or whatever, you know, it's funny when I think of hospitality, I don't know if you watched and I'm not necessarily endorsing it, but On Amazon Prime, there's a show called Jack Ryan and there are these, I only watched part of the first season and there was a, there were a couple of people that would do missile strikes and they would like watch things on a screen and they would do strikes or whatever. Well, one guy accidentally does a mission, a missile strike and he ends up killing somebody and finds out, I don't remember how, but this guy had a family and he feels so guilty that he ends up flying over to the country, this country in the Middle East and brings money to give to the family because he feels bad. And when he gets there, he doesn't speak the language and he gets to the door and it's the grandfather and the two kids and the grandfather welcomes him in and he's just trying to give him the bag and the guy won't take it. He brings him in and insists on giving him tea. And then, and the guy's trying to give him the money, the Americans trying to give the man the money and he, no, no, no. And they've got eggs that they sell. And so then they insist on this guy taking eggs, but this American man mistakenly killed this other man's son. And this other man doesn't know that, but the way that this man welcomed the person who like can't even speak the same language into their home and makes him have tea with them, that feels like the kind of hospitality that welcoming the stranger. And even if they're unsure of wanting to partake in the hospitality, you know, like kind of, you know, you know, drawing them in.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because there was a story I really wanted to tell about when Lisa and I were uh, newly married. Would you say we've been married a year? We were doing a mission in turkey and one of the things that they wanted us to learn that the the missionaries who were there was what hospitality means Mm -hmm. and so what they said they gave us the name of a town nearby and they said go there and come back tomorrow because you're going to learn what hospitality is like and we went out there terrified there were four of us in this little taxi we show up to the place we knew that there weren't hotels there And they said, trust me, someone someone will come and take you in. Not only did we get taken in, but it was as though there was a competition about who Mm -hmm. would get to take all of us in. Sort of that sense of that they really did see. So these Muslims did not know anything about us other than that we were there and needed needed a place to stay. They took us in, fed us and fed us and fed us. And, you know, we had a little bit clearly a language barrier, but... At the end, the next day, as we were getting ready to leave, I expressed sort of this sense of, Well, I wish there was a way I could repay you. And that was actually sort of an offense mm. in the, accidentally because I, rather than hospitality being a transactional thing where I do this and then maybe I can repay you by showing you hospitality at my house, they saw it solely as a means that welcoming in some person, showing them hospitality for no other reason. Mm. So not surprising that that... Uh, that that was displayed on the Jack Ryan thing.
4: I lived for a year in Mexico and exactly the same. I mean, there was this little village that I used to um, teach English in there and kind of on my weekends when I wasn't working. And I'd be walking down this little, you know, muddy road and they'd be like, Amy's Tucky, Amy's Tucky, Amy's here, Amy's here. And they would like, someone would want to buy the Coke for me. And, you know, I'm like, I don't need it. But they were like, they wanted to do that and they'd bring you into their little house and they were all about making you feel welcome. And I feel like other countries do that a lot better sometimes than we do here in the U S.
0: So what are some ways that you think that we can grow in this, you know, steps that we can take toward, cause you know, I'm, and I'm speaking as someone, you know, someone might be listening to this, who's not Minnesotan and may not know about Minnesota culture where there, you may have heard of Minnesota nice, which is, you know, being pleasant to someone, but it's often joked, you know, I will be pleasant with you, but don't ask to come into my home because there seems to be kind of a block there of inviting people into your home. I think it can feel uh, vulnerable and can feel a little scary, but I think it's worth it. And and I'm saying that as someone who's kind of been working to try to overcome that. But do you guys have any wisdom or advice to offer of if someone wanted to step toward having this this kind of hospitality, what they could do?
5: I I feel kind of nudged just to kind of broaden the frame, you know, not just uh, to my home, but, you know, back to that to my life thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you talked about the woman at the well. I think about the hemorrhaging woman in scripture. I think about Zacchaeus, too, and like this idea, like, I see you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and and I think about, Todd, your comment about personality and how we we are all wired differently, and some of us, it's really natural to kind of engage a setting, and for some of us, it's, you know, I I look for one or two conversations in the Room where my wife Amy is like she's gonna work the room. I I remember we were, uh, and I don't mean that in a work the room kind of disrespectful way. We were, our church was delivering Christmas gifts to a community in Saint Paul. This is probably 12 years ago, (laughs) something like that. And I'm in the truck helping unload the gifts, and Amy's in the room meeting every family in the room. You know, and and I got finished unloading the truck, and as someone who leans introvert, I was like, um, now what do I do? And Thanks to Amy's gifts, got drawn into meeting some folks. Not completely natural, even though you—I've already articulated my heart for you know seeing people and dignifying people and and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's a both and, right? Mm-hmm. So some of it's our personality and and maybe me learning to take a little more risk, but also leaning on the Amy's of the world that uh, really are natural in a room that can set the, the context for others of us than to. to to step in and engage.
0: Well, I think what's really great about that too as you were talking, John, I was thinking about a cashier. You know, you're checking out at the grocery store or Target or Walmart, looking them in the eye and saying, "Hello, how are you?" and waiting for the response, but letting them know, "I see you. I see you human standing there and I welcome you." Is there any last thing that you want to make sure we talk about with hospitality?
5: I've got one and it just goes back to, you know, the hemorrhaging woman. It's like I think that, you know, the other side of that interaction is I don't mean like the word they to me seems loaded to me, but the other person wants to be known. Mm -hmm. And it's like how how we create that space. And it goes back to where we started with Steve's opening comment I thought was so insightful is like that that space for you to be known. I want to know you. Right. I think that that's that's critical. Yeah. one thing I wanted to add is
1: we're talking about the people coming in and feeling welcoming. And part of that is. The space, for example, I think that Lisa creates in our home—that they'll come, people come through the door. There are smells. There's wonderful food waiting. There's space. It's clean. So it's an environment that says, you know, welcome. We're glad you're here. We went a little out of our way to do it. Granted, she does almost all of that.
0: <laughs> Lisa went on her way. <laughs> I, I,
1: I do get to help with dishes. But mm-hmm. um, no, I, so I do think that that matters. I, I think I sort of get, was getting away from that the physical environment matters. And I do want to mm-hmm. get back to that that too says something.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not like a huge extravagant thing. It's like, no. this is our family. We're going to, you know, mm-hmm. serve it out of the pot, you know, whatever. Yeah. Come and have a place.
5: And for for those of us who have a little more clutter in our homes, perhaps, um, but I, I'm, I'm teasing. You're supposed to laugh into the mic, so that we no. know. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was really a, funny. That was <laughs> but, but but we do have a little more clutter into our homes. Um, I think about. Um, Amy and I talked a little bit, knowing that we were going to record on this topic, kind of that Mary and Martha type of dynamic where I, I think a little bit tied to me leaning a little more introvert and Amy, you being a little bit more extrovert, at least in these kinds of settings where I'll worry about, do, do they have a beverage? Do they have food? Is, is everybody got what they need? And I would get fed by maybe a couple deep conversations by the grill where you're talking to people, talking to people, talking to people, you know, it's like, there's, there's goodness in all that. Like neither is better or wrong. It's, it's part of the, the
0: teamwork. Yeah. Part of that piece too, you were talking about, you know, your home being more organized or clean or more cluttered. I love that, that thought of inviting people into whatever your life is, come on, like jump in the river, jump in the river of our life and just kind of experience it with us.
5: Come on, Todd, we're trying to draw the introvert in the group out a
2: little bit. Yeah. You just want to stand by me at the grill? I think so. (laughs) I'm with you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's when you said that the other person wants to be known, I think about how I want to be known or how I want to be drawn out. And like, I have no interest in posting things on social media like some people, that's they spend so much time doing that because they want to be known and they want to share their experiences with other people. And I'm just like, why would anybody care that I had cereal this morning or went for a bike ride or anything else I'm doing? I don't know. Maybe that makes me a better match for Just having a deeper conversation with with the one-on-one kind of person because that's how I am wired rather than the the big extravagant thing.
0: Yeah, and I think that's an important conversation to think about the way that we're wired and be able to lean into our gifts. I mean, as someone who's extroverted and a doer, being and quiet is also really important. And so I think as much as where, you know, your point about communication, John, you know, if you, are you a pusher or a puller, consider the other side I that I think sometimes we can rest back on, well, I'm just wired this way, so I'm just going to do it this way where I think sometimes we need to lean into the uncomfortable, which I think offering hospitality for anybody can feel that way, can feel like leaning into uncomfortable, leaning into unknown, leaning into vulnerability. And I think that's important. So even though it's not maybe somebody's natural bent, I think that's something that we can kind of strive for or work toward or take, you know, baby steps toward. Yeah, I think I shared this with you guys. There's a book actually called Radical Hospitality, and it's about a Benedictine monastery. And I love this quote, radical hospitality is not about what one monk called Minnesota Nights, referring to how polite Minnesotans are, it's about transforming our hearts and our communities. It's about justice for every soul. So in that, op- that example of the hemorrhaging woman, Jesus not only healed her physically, but he turned around and call- called her daughter and he restored her to her place within the community. And so for us to not only see people, but to work toward justice. For every soul thank you so much for letting me talk you into doing this i really really appreciate it guys thanks for having me. glad to be
4: here
0: thank you for joining us for this conversation about radical hospitality if you want to get the study guide you can head over to myfaithradio.com and find it at the reading the bible together resource page make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes and we'll see you next time when we talk about the spiritual discipline of wisdom
2: The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media, hosted by Angela Smith and produced by Aaron Trost. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more at myfaithradio.com.